The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon and welcome to One Hour at a Time. Recovery begins with education and host Mary Woods is here to educate individuals and families and provide support through the recovery process. Now here's your host, Mary Woods. Good afternoon, everyone. This is Eileen Fiore sitting in for Mary Woods. Um, I'll be your guest host today, and I am also here with um, three mothers who have been willing to share some of their experiences in the development of a book that is entitled, I Didn't Cause It, I Can't Change It. Um, it was written by Mary Ryan Woods in collaboration with Adrian Murray. And it's really about how mothers of adult children with co-occurring disorders have coped throughout the journey of the illness. Um, we've sort of observed over the years that moms are very comfortable talking about their children and children's successes as well as challenges. But what is frequently the case that it's really much harder to talk about um, an internal experience as a mother. So we asked um, our guests, Melody, Marianne, and Sheila, to do a little of that digging, and they've all graciously agreed to be available for conversation today. So I welcome them and thank them for being a part of our conversation today and hope that as listeners, you folks will find information as well as enlightenment and maybe some insight as a result of the conversation. So um, thank the three of you for being here. Um, I'm just going to uh, start with um, sort of a broad question about um, what prompted you to be willing to even be involved in the development of a book such as this, sharing um, some of your own personal experience. And maybe um, I could ask um, Marianne if you might start the conversation, then Melody and Sheila. Uh, hi, uh, this is Marianne. And I, I was really, really interested in doing it because I... I really wanted to share my story because, you know, it's a, it's, it's a story of ultimate success in many ways, you know, after a long history of many, many struggles. And uh, the actual writing of the book uh, was very healing for me, and I really felt like it was going to be a healing for other people, too. And, um, you know, I think maybe later in a conversation when... Other folks can, uh, you know, elaborate more on on what you know motivated them to become involved in the writing of the book. That um, I'd be more than willing to share, you know, how it is that we made it through the struggle and get to the point where we were given the the ability to to put a book together. So I would just briefly mm-hmm. say that, and then 
let others comment. Hi. Sure, thank you. Yeah. It's Melody. I when I was first asked, I thought back to an experience that I had. I was visiting my best friend in the hospital and we were talking. She was probably the only person 10 or 15 years ago that I felt comfortable discussing my son's struggles with. And I was talking to her, not really paying attention to what was going on around me. And the nurse that was in the room at the moment got walked over the door and closed the door and started to share with me about her son's struggles with bipolar issues and, and the other issues. And it just struck after, you know, we had a great conversation after she left. My friend said, gosh, there's so much more out there. You just never know. And it struck me that significant as a medical care worker, she, she didn't feel like she could talk to anyone either. So sharing the experiences and, and opening up for everyone to let them know that they're not alone, I thought was very important. And so that was one of the significant things that prompted me to help. Um, Sheila? I think for me the reason I wanted to do it is because I am a teacher and I believe that education, um, through education you gain understanding and appreciation and I felt that a book like this was definitely needed because I have taught family-to-family classes for over 10 years, and I keep hearing the same stories of mothers feeling guilty and shame, and I realized that a book like this could be, more people could learn from reading it. Wonderful. Thank you. What What is um, your overall response? And again, maybe starting with Marianne and kind of going round robin with the title, I didn't cause it, I can't change it. <laughs> yeah, I, um, that, that really struck me, quite frankly, because I, it isn't a title that I had expected at all. And, um, um, you know, it's so true. And when I... When I actually read the book, the first time I read the book, I had a hard time getting through it the first time, uh, and because I knew there were 14 mothers that contributed to it, um, and you know we went through an initial, all of us went through an initial review and and taping and and this, and then you know Mary and uh, Adrian did such a wonderful job of really pulling it all together that when I read the book the first time, I um, I really I, I you know I laughed, I cried. And and then and then I thought, wow, I'm, you know, my son is a gift. He's a gift. And um, and reading through it, I and all the mothers. I mean, there was everything in there. Everything in there I could absolutely relate to in one way or the other, whether it happened directly or indirectly or you know, spot on. Uh, I could just relate to all the stories. And um, it was just a, it was a wonderful experience. And quite frankly, I turned, it, I turned a corner um, because, you know, my, I've been at this. You know, my son and I have been at this for, um, I don't even want to tell you how many years at this point. We struggled for 13 and, and uh, 13 years with systems that didn't work. And then, and then we, you know, went, found a program that did. And then this is where the opportunity for the book occurred. But... Um, uh, I turned a corner, and I started, uh, you know, I was still doing the whys and the what-ifs, and, you know, 
you know, going through a, a, still a bit of a grieving. And something about reading this book just flipped, flipped, flipped the switch for me. And uh, I, I was uh, so happy about that because I started to get more involved in getting out there and speaking and, and talking about it and uh, sharing, sharing the experience that I had. And, uh, and I think people need to know about this. You know, it's a, it's a, a co-occurring disorders in our society is, is very serious these days. And Melody? Um, yeah. Gosh, I was just kind of thinking about what she said. So much of it was true for me as well. It's, you know, after years and years of spending time and thought and energy and worry thinking, what did I do wrong? And, you know, how can I, quite frankly, how can I change it? You know, what can I do? How, how did I let this happen? I mean, it's just, I think of pig pen. It's like a little dark cloud following you all the time, trying to, as a parent, you want all the responsibility for everything that happens to your child. So the stories inside, you know, even even the title, like you said, it, it just captures that, you know, this is just something that is. It's not, it's, it's not a, a problem to be solved by the end of the day. So it, it helps quite a bit. And there's so much in the book that I related to and I recognized and I hadn't even come around to it in my own thoughts. Uh, you know, I, I hadn't gotten that. So it's, it's a wonderful compilation of, of everybody being, you know, on different parts of the path and, and, you know, what to look for and what you've gone through. So, yeah, just, just reading the book, I've read it two or three times. I pick it up when, you know, when something's bothering me. You know, it, it's very easy not to feel alone. And, and the book is a tangible thing you can pick up and say, you know, I really am not alone. Thank you. How about you, Sheila? Well, the title for me, I immediately thought of um, Al-Anon, and that was, Al-Anon was one of the first steps in my journey with co-occurring disorders. So um, I thought that using that title was good because for me, in the Al-Anon meetings, it was there that I first heard that um, expression. So I immediately made the connection between the uh, co-occurring disorders um, with the title. And I also think that the biggest, the biggest problem with as a parent, was the time we waste um, thinking about what the things we could have done differently or the guilt we felt um, wasted as mothers so much time over something we had no control over. So it kind of pinpoints right away, goes right to the heart of the matter. Thank you all. It, it is an emotional journey um, long before um, long before you were able to come up with some answers um, and it sounds like the worry was a daily experience along with some sense of responsibility so i I wonder 
um, particularly Melody, you had mentioned that even now reading the book, you have different experiences. I wonder if you could share a little more on that. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll pick it up and I'll read a, a section about, you know, how, how we talk about it to our friends or, you know, the people at our periphery that, that kind of know our family but not, have not been drawn into, you know, our, our, our personal experiences. And for me, for me particularly, that was a, that was a problem. It, for our family, you know, it, we had to protect our son in a lot of ways from a lot of negative stuff. And, and I, we kind of um, so very we'll close. We'll be cutting for a quick break and come right back okay. to um, Melody and her sharing. Listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting the recovery of families and individuals who experience co occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. Westbridge provides integrated dual diagnosis treatment for adult men and women using evidence based practices. Visit our site today at westbridge.org and discover that doing what works in helping individuals and families gain recovery from dual disorders is important to the staff at Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge utilizes current evidence based practices, consensus practices, and old fashioned common sense to provide treatment to individuals and families that experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. That's westbridge.org, family-centered recovery for co-occurring mental illness and substance abuse disorders. Every day, you hear so much about different aspects of the health and wellness field. One day, you hear one thing, and the next day, you hear something that contradicts what you heard the day before. How do you know what's right? Try tuning in to The Cutting Edge of Health and Wellness today with Dr. Neil Nathan. Our goal is to educate and explore this field with guest experts in order to help you take control of your health and well-being. Listen Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health & Wellness. What causes us to be sick? We're not talking about the actual illness or the scientific cause of illnesses. We're talking about your body and health. Listen for the healing whisper of Return to Peace. Each week, host Dr. Marianne Chase shows you how to listen to your heart to identify poor health, stress, and disease. You'll learn how to heal energetically and spiritually, as well as physically. It's time to depend less on the drugs and more on the heart. The Healing Whisper airs live every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You're listening to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. If you have a question for Mary or her guest, call now. The listener lines are open. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5792. That number again is 1-866-472-5792. Now, let's get back to Mary and One Hour at a Time. Thank you very much for um, listening. Um, this is Eileen Fiore sitting in for Mary Woods, and I'm talking with Melody, Marianne, and Sheila 
um, who are moms, we contributed to the development of a book on how mothers of adult children with co-occurring disorders have coped, um, entitled, I Didn't Cause It, I Can't Change It. Um, and it was written actually by Mary Woods with collaboration with Adrian Murray. So um, just before um, the break, Melody was sharing a little bit about some of her um, experiences since reading the book and how that continues to change. So perhaps you could um, continue sharing, Melody. Oh, sure. Thank you. Um, yeah, we've always had trouble, you know, with what to share with, with friends and family. And, you know, everyone is along a different path. And so we were so used to keeping everything in-house. And, and you know, at the time we thought we were protecting our son. Um, and so the, the book, and, and noticing that with other things. So I, I'll go to the book and I'll, I'll read about how other people have talked about it or their views or what's going on. And, and that kind of helps me when I, I hit a, a stumbling block where I'm, I'm still uncomfortable maybe sharing too much with someone else or worried about their reaction to what I'm saying. And it, it's really helped to, to say, oh, yeah, this is going on. And, and I have the book. In fact, I bought six of them, and I've been handing them out to people saying, if you want to know how I felt, this is it. So for me, it's been a really freeing experience um, just to, to go back and say, oh, how did, how did this, you know, how did this person feel again in this particular instance? And, and how does that relate to me? And, and now that I have a little time and distance and a, and a little more, you know, recovery time myself, how can I move on from there? That really is a reference for me. Um, how about you, Marianne? Any shifts for you since um, collaborating on the book and in your journey? Uh, yes, I mean, I, um, I, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm stumbling here because I, I was trying to uh, uh, sort of add on to what Melody was saying and. Um, um, yeah, that, and I sort of lost my train of thought, so I apologize. But, um, yeah, one of the things that I, I did want to mention, and I'm probably getting, you know, changing gears here a bit, but uh, I wanted to mention that one of the things that really struck me about the book in general was the appendix at the end where they talk about uh, the different details about how um, people present and then how diagnoses are made for co-occurring disease with, you know, substance abuse and mental illness. And it really struck me that it's so extensive and, you know, it just struck me what a complex, what a complex uh, illness we're talking, illnesses we're talking about here. And Mm -hmm. um, that is kind of what was going through my mind. And and I apologize because there was something else I wanted to say in relation to Melody, but I've um, lost that train of thought, so... Well, that's that's fine. That's okay. Sheila, was there anything you wanted to add about any internal shifts for you, growth as a result, or as Melody said, I know I'm not alone. I pick it up when I feel alone, and I'm reminded that there are others who are experiencing things just like me. Well, as I said, I I've been teaching this um, family family class for ten years, and. 
So I'm constantly connected to families that are struggling with um, these this co-occurring disorder issues, and I am always amazed that that everybody comes into the class kind of with their tail between their leg and feeling shame and they leave a totally different person. And to me, the book is something that can reach people out there that um, don't have the opportunity of a family-to-family class. Just by reading the book, you, it, because it is so personal and the stories are personal, that you connect if you're struggling with these issues. And it's helpful. It helps you realize you're not alone. And, and I wonder if um, all of you in our little round-robin fashion here would maybe talk a little about what your own journey of recovery has been. Um, maybe starting, um, maybe starting with you, Melody, and then Marianne and Sheila. Oh, I, well, I uh, I have my own twelve step group that I go to too that focuses on on myself, and that alone helped me, you know, just get a little distance. You know, the the, the boundary between my son and I had really gotten blurred, and. It helped me to, to to be able to say again, you know, I didn't cause this. None of my behaviors. I can't alter any of my behaviors to do anything about this. So it helped me to focus on what I could do. You know, maybe not to regain my life back. Although I think at one point I might have said something like that, but but just to make my life a lot more positive and to realize what it is that you know my son needed to do. And, and to help him and, and to help him do that. So a little bit of separation in in what we were responsible for has, has really helped me. And I think that I think that he knowing that I'm feeling better as well helps him in return. So it's kinda like it, it, we were in a downward spiral through all of this, especially when we were bouncing around and going from one place to another and nobody could quite help and people were saying, well, you're doing this wrong and then we get the, if not opposite, a totally different direction from someone else. So instead of a downward spiral, it really put us into an upward spiral so that everyone figured out what they could do to help themselves and then help each other. So I feel so much stronger than I did before. Um, it's it's just incredible. That's wonderful. How about how about you, Marianne? Uh, what is recovery for you? I have to say that um, you know again, the focus for such a long time was just absolutely on trying to get help for my son. Uh, he in high school, uh, junior senior year, you know, started having issues, and then. Um, I mean, I, we went through over 13 years of struggle, quite frankly, went through many doctors and lots of medications, none of which he's on now, uh, therapists, outpatient programs, and eight hospitalizations. 
And again, it wasn't until I found the program that worked that um, you know we found any 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 help at all. And uh, you know, and it's taken him an additional ten years to he uh, ten years to actually get to the point where he's doing really well. And uh, you know, the focus has has literally uh, you know been on him and really not on myself at all until, quite frankly. Um, you know, recently, maybe in the last five years or so, you know, I've been able to um, really start to focus more on on myself. I, I always I always worked, and uh, you know, as far as support goes, I I quite frankly didn't like to be telling all you know old stories and things like that. I, I it just didn't work for me. But when I you know, when I worked, I, you know, had friends at work, and I would always talk to them, and I would talk to them whether they wanted to hear it or not, quite frankly, and, and, uh, and you know, that was really my support system in many ways, and, uh, you know, I still do that. I've been very open about, you know, mental illness and, you know, substance abuse, too, and, uh, and uh, I think, you know, part of that was, you know, sharing an experience that, you know, that, you know most of them didn't have, but in many cases, people would speak up and, oh, you know, I have a nephew and I have a cousin and I have a friend and this and that, you know, so I think in some ways, it, you know, it was helpful to do that and it was certainly helpful to me at that point. Now, I'm, I'm more, more, much more relaxed in terms of, you know, knowing that my son is an adult and he has his own life to live and he's, he, you know, he's making a good life for himself and, and, uh, and he's doing the best he can. He's working. It's great. I would love to see him go back to school someday, and I'm hopeful for that. So, uh, you know, I'm hopeful for the future. Preach, Sheila. What's um, recovery for you? Well, journey um, of recovery for me. <clears throat> I mean, I've uh, I've always had close friends that I could talk to. I'm also lucky, and I have a wonderful husband who listens, um, and my three other children have always been supportive, um, but I also recognize that my husband and my three other children, you know, when their eyes start rolling to the top of their heads, here goes mom again that I had to do something to help myself. And it was through the program that my son is connected with, their professional people helped me in my journey to, of recovery. The, the family dynamics that is involved in his uh, recovery program was helpful to me. And I also recognized, too, that I had to get professional help for myself. So I have a wonderful woman that I talk to um, once in a while, and that's been helpful to me. Last but not least, um, uh, three years ago, I had major heart surgery which was a huge wake-up call to me that, Sheila, you've got to start taking care of yourself. Well, 
we sh- we'll be right back to follow up with that, Sheila. Thank you. Um, we're going to take a short break. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting the recovery of families and individuals who experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. Westbridge provides integrated dual diagnosis treatment for adult men and women using evidence-based practices. Visit our site today at westbridge.org and discover that doing what works in helping individuals and families gain recovery from dual disorders is important to the staff at Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge utilizes current evidence-based practices, consensus practices, and old-fashioned common sense to provide treatment to individuals and families that experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. That's westbridge.org, family-centered recovery for co-occurring mental illness and substance abuse disorders. Can grief be good for you? Absolutely. It gets your attention, helping you evaluate your choices and relationships. Your losses define who you are. Tune in each week for Good Grief with host Cheryl Jones. Our show features those who have made incredible transformations by grieving their losses. You'll learn how to find your courage and strength. You'll discover the important things in your life and how to let go of things that are less important. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. We are bombarded with information daily about happy life strategies, beauty products, and business success ideas. Are they truly going to make a change or just take the change out of your pocket? Tune in to Shelly's Show and Tell with host Shelly Hancock. Shelly will explore and recommend proven business ideas as well as show you how to use the law of attraction to create health, happiness, and a prosperous business. Listen Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health and Wellness. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. If you have a question for Mary or her guests, call now. The listener lines are open. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5792. That number again is 1-866-472-5792. Now, let's get back to Mary and One Hour at a Time. Welcome back. Um, we're continuing our conversation today with um, three mothers, uh, Marianne, Sheila, and Melody, who were collaborators on a book with Mary Woods and Adrienne Murray about how mothers of adult children with co-occurring disorders have coped, called I Didn't Cause It, I Can't Change It. And um, Sheila was just sharing about um, her process of recovery and a very uh, a very specific wake-up call that um, kind of... Uh, even increased your awareness more about the need to take care of yourself. So um, could you continue to share? Um, Well, I was a perfectly healthy, physically active woman who 
had no signs of any any physical ailment, and all of a sudden I wound up in the hospital with heart problems. And I do remember that with my son's issues that I would get very tense and nervous when an incident would happen and I would try and fix it or control it or spend a lot of unnecessary time worrying. And when I was in the hospital, I realized I had to change that. So it fits with the book, the thinking, the mentality that I didn't cause it and I I can't change it. And I do have to take care of myself for myself and for my other loved ones. Thank you. Yes, that's very true. Um, Marianne and um, Melody, perhaps in that order, um, what was your kind of wake-up call, which was, I think, the way that Sheila had framed it, um, that you just knew at that moment that you had to take um, uh, some focus and put it on yourself? Well, yeah, I... I, I knew that, um, you know, I was a single parent for quite a few years. You know, we, you know, lost, you know, lost uh, Jed's father uh, early on. And, and um, I, um, I, I knew that I had, you know, I had my son that, that and I had, you know, just one son. And I knew that I had to see, you know, help him. And get him, you know, where he where he need, I needed to help him get better. And you know, with you know, with not having a lot of success over 13 years, and of course he wasn't cooperating. I, I realized through through that journey that I absolutely had to um, stay healthy. So it was kind of an automatic thing for me that I was, you know, trying to eat well and uh, and um, you know take care of things, take care of everything in a normal way. As best I could, and and yet see to him, and 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 things like that. So I, you know, I have been able to, you know, stay relatively healthy, you know, throughout the years, and uh, I'm very very thankful for that. And you know, get exercise, and so I was I was doing those things in the background. It was just kind of automatic, but the focus was always, you know, around him. So it was very stressful, and a lot of trauma, you know, a lot of trauma that went on, you know, in different ways too. So I have. That yeah, I mean it is it is uh, it is a very stressful, incredibly stressful journey, and and um, you know when I did yoga, I, I was uh, an, you know an adamant yoga practitioner, and still am, and uh, so that was actually very helpful for me uh, along the way as well. How about you, Melody? Well, I was just thinking I I really admire that, you know, the the eating well and and maintaining exercise just came more or less automatic to you because for me it was exact opposite. I had gotten, over the years, I just kind of gotten into uh, where I was always last on the list. So I wasn't eating well. I, I wasn't exercising. I was gaining weight. Um, I'd gotten to the point where I couldn't sleep 
And when I did sleep, I would dream that they were only like repetitive 10-second loops over and over again so that I really felt exhausted. Um, I also, you know, our family suffers from migraines as well. So I was having sometimes 20, 25 days a month where I'd have a migraine. And so for me, it was when I couldn't sleep, all the plants died, the house was always dirty, you know, the bills were often late. I had just gotten myself into a state where I, I, I couldn't even get through a day without feeling guilty. And then if I did something else, like if I tried to go out for dinner with my husband and enjoy it, I, I couldn't. I would wonder where my son was. I was wondering if he was eating or if he was getting into trouble or, you know, I, the, you know the phone. I always had the phone. And he was kind of in the same thing. I mean, you know, we would talk sometimes 30, 35 times a day just checking in with each other. So it just was an untenable situation for too long. And he, you know, got into treatment and, you know, it gave me the time when I knew that he was safe for a while that I could focus on myself. So I think for me it came at a really good time because physically and emotionally the stress had overwhelmed me. It is, it, it's um, high prices to pay, isn't it, um, with an illness, a set of illnesses that are, are particularly unforgiving for everyone um, involved, everyone gets um, affected. Um, I wonder if um, if there's any one thing in in reflecting back, is there any one thing that you um, that you now know that you wish you had known back then? Um, and, and granted, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty, but um, this perhaps could help another. So, is there? Anything, um, perhaps starting with you, Marianne, is there anything that you know now that you wish you knew then? Boy, that's kind of a hard one because um, the first thing that comes to mind is, um, um, you know, because I was a single parent, I, you know, I think I, I, quite frankly, you know, was, you know, doing a lot of enabling and uh, because, you know, I was trying to, work with him on, you know, oh, I want to go off the meds and, oh, I, you know, you know, so I tried to, you know, cooperate with some of that and see how it turned out. I was trying to work with him and he, you know, nothing was, nothing was working out. So I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think maybe if I had to answer that directly, I'd have to say that I, I should have been stricter. I should have been really strict or something. I mean, I really don't know the answer to that question um, because it's hard hard to look look in hindsight and say, um, you know, what could I have done differently, to be honest. Yeah. So. Yeah. How about, um, how about you, Melody, anything that comes to mind now, if, if I knew then what I know now? I, well, I, you know, the, immediately the title of the book came, you know, that I didn't cause it because I, you know, our son showed signs of his mental illness, even as a toddler. And I got, you know, when you're the, uh, and he was my first, so I got lots of, lots of uh, advice and, you know, people would just look at me like, what is up? So if I, if I had known that these mental illnesses can show up even then, even that early, and 
I can't cause it if I've just been able to just treat it and look at it as an illness just like diabetes and, and cancer and everything else, I it would have been so much better. I think maybe not an outcome. I don't, you know, with the both orders, with the substance abuse too, I'm sure there still would have been rough times ahead, but I think it would have taken a lot of stress out. It would have made it yeah. more black and white instead of, oh, my gosh, what am I doing? Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Sheila? Well, I was going to say the exact same thing, that, that, that it's an illness. It's biochemistry. It has nothing to do with me um, or our family dynamics. Or because we move so much, I used to think that the moving was traumatic and bad. And so, you know, there was a lot of guilt that came in because of the moves and the changing. Um, that was my husband's job. But, I mean, it's an illness. I mean, it's bio, biochemistry. And um, it's a chronic illness. And that's why we have to stay with it. And um, I think that... What Marianne said something about enabling. I personally think that this enabling, I think in the book it talks about enabling versus anchoring. And I mm-hmm. think that with, with this illness, because it does come and go, so to speak, um, yeah, I mean, there are waves of it. I think that you you may think you're enabling, but you really because you your love is always there. You're anchoring. I mean, they need it. Yeah, this is what the illness needs is your support. So enabling, you know, I have I don't like that label because I think that too many mothers get that thrown at them. Um, So we're going to take a brief break right now, and I would love to come back to the anchoring concept um, when we return. Thank you. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge is a nonprofit organization dedicated to supporting the recovery of families and individuals who experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. Westbridge provides integrated dual diagnosis treatment for adult men and women using evidence-based practices. Visit our site today at westbridge.org and discover that doing what works in helping individuals and families gain recovery from dual disorders is important to the staff at Westbridge Community Services. Westbridge utilizes current evidence-based practices, consensus practices, and old-fashioned common sense to provide treatment to individuals and families that experience co-occurring mental illness and substance use disorders. That's westbridge.org, family-centered recovery for co-occurring mental illness and substance abuse disorders. When a woman is diagnosed with breast cancer, it's probably the most frightening thing that's ever happened to her. Friends and family often don't know what to do for support, not to mention the patient herself. 
That's where Breast Friends Cancer Support Radio comes in. Join Becky Olson and Sharon Hennepin, breast cancer survivors and advocates. They help by providing inspiration, information, and most of all, hope. Tune in every Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Do you know about Reiki? This method of healing can complement Western medicine as well as other alternative practices. Besides healing, it can have the additional effect of making you feel more positive about yourself and the world around you. By tuning into For the Love of Reiki with host Paula Vale, you'll find how Reiki can improve your health, bring balance into your life, and fill you with joy. For the Love of Reiki is broadcast live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're listening to One Hour at a Time with host Mary Woods. If you have a question for Mary or her guests, call now. The listener lines are open. The toll-free number is 1-866-472-5792. That number again is 1-866-472-5792. Now, let's get back to Mary and One Hour at a Time. Well, welcome back um, to all of our listeners. Thank you, Mark, very much for joining us for our final segment of um, our conversation with uh, three moms who have generously devoted their time today and also in collaboration with the development of a book called I Didn't Cause It, I Can't Change It um, that was authored by Mary Woods and um, Adrian Murray. And it's about how mothers of adult children with co-occurring disorders have coped. And um, we've been talking about the overall journey and the different insights that have been developed. And um, Sheila, just before the break, you had uh, mentioned the concept of enabling versus anchoring, um, which I really appreciate you bringing up. Um, It's one of the chapters in the book, and um, perhaps you three could uh, individually share how you differentiate between the two concepts um, as a mother um, anchoring um, a child with an illness as opposed to enabling. So, Sheila, perhaps you could um, continue. Well, I've, I guess enabling to me is um, providing material, uh, harmful substances to somebody. Um, Anchoring is being there with love and support. And um, it, it also, people with co-occurring disorders, many of them are on Social Security and have limited income, so they can't live on their own, and they may not be able to eat the way they should be eating. So by 
providing extra help in, in those kinds of areas, I don't consider enabling. Even though people say, oh, they're over the age of 21, um, they should be able to do it themselves. People with these illnesses, for the most part, have trouble. So I think it's an individual case that people, parents, mothers have to decide in their mind um, what is necessary to keep their child alive, given the stigma and uh, um, kind of unwelcome world out there for their illness, and um, offering things that could be hurtful to them. That's how I distinguish anchoring and enabling. Great. Thank you. How about you, Marianne? What well, when I eat for you, yeah, when I brought up enabling, I I was not interpreting that by any stretch of the imagination of of providing harmful harmful substances at all. Um, mm-hmm. I I guess I was interpreting that um, differently in that in that I was, I you know I I just don't know I just don't know. Um, Anchoring is certainly is certainly a good way of, I, I feel that, you know, I was trying to be a support. I was doing the best I could and that, um, and, and, you know, you know, that's anchoring. I mean, I, we used to, you know, I used to say that, you know, I was his rock and, you know, he was my rock in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, as far as, you know, anchoring, um, I, you know, there were many instances I know when we were meeting with different people that, you know, they would, you know, say things that were um, kind of, um, you know, allude to the fact that, you know, I wasn't doing the right thing with doctors and things. But, you know, that's that's, an, that's actually another topic in the book, so yes. uh, I won't go there. But, um, uh-huh. um, yeah, that's, that, that's all I would say about enabling. I, I didn't interpret that as being harmful uh, you know, providing harmful substances. Yeah. How about you, Melody? I, how we handle it now, it, you know, it, it's all changed because of the honesty. We have so much more honest conversations. Again, because I can truly, in, the, in my heart and in my head, view this, both things, as a disease and not not the cause of a bad dynamic. So now if if something comes up and, and it's out of the ordinary I can or I'm confused about it, I just have a a conversation with my son about it and say, you know, this makes me nervous because before bad things happen when we do this. And and so we can discuss it. Um, and then so the action whether it's, you know, an ex, extra money for going out to eat or if something breaks, or if he wants to go and do something that's out of the ordinary, I can say, well, you know, I'm, I'm worried about this. And because we, you know, we've worked on the honesty on both sides for so long now, he can come back and say, oh, I understand why you think that, but that's not the case here. And quite frankly, five years ago, I, I couldn't distinguish when, you know, he was thinking of something odd or if he was going out and doing something that could be harmful to him so 
Now it's, it is just support. We talk about it. And more often than not, if it's something that he can see down the road is not going to be healthy for him, he can say no now. So it's so much more comfortable. I, I feel like I've distinguished between enabling and anchoring, but it takes a conversation in my case. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, and certainly the emotional willingness to go through all the ups and downs, which all of you have um, certainly shared within the collaboration um, with Mary in the development of the book and also during our, um, our conversation today. Um, I, I'm, I'm wondering how, um, how all of you would summarize at this point how you hold on to continued hope for the future. These, these illnesses are chronic and, and they do have components of, of lapse and, and relapse. Um, and, and so given that chronicity, um, how do you hold on to hope? And perhaps start with Marianne. Uh, I understand. I understand what my son is going through now, and it's it, it is difficult. Uh, it was difficult to get there to sort of get that understanding. But I have great hope for the future because you know since he has started working, he's gotten very independent and very very secure in his own self and his own ability to do things. And it's 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 been a wonderful thing to to have happen. That's great. How about you, Melody? I try to live more in the day, in the moment, and there have been so many good moments now that I know that they will continue. We still have bad moments, but I know that it's, it's just going to be day by day, and, and I can make it through a day. We can, we can make it through a day. And your hope for the future? Oh, me? Uh, well, as, I mean, if I look back on the last 10 years, I've, I've seen great progress in communication and uh, the fact that my son talks about his uh, his mental illness today versus never and it was always a forbidden word I consider huge um, and it's um, as Melody said you you live for the day and um, it just seems to get better and living a day at a time um, is a brand new experience for most folks. How did you master that, Marianne? I um, I just uh, you know I you know talk to my son when I need to, and uh, and he talks to me when he needs to. And um, and then of course I work with the program that he's in uh, every day, or you know not every day, but frequently. And so I feel very connected all the time. So you know one day at a time is is uh, is uh, is good. You know whether it's something happening or something you know happening positively or or not, then then you know we we just take care of it. And um, Sheila, well I guess I would just repeat what Marianne said. Okay. Well, I certainly want to thank 
our participants today, Melody, Marianne, and Sheila, for sharing their thoughts and experiences, um, and also to all of our listeners um, that were willing to take the time out today to um, hear the stories, and uh, hopefully there's been some element that will be helpful to folks who took the time to hear the program. Thank you. We appreciate you joining us today for One Hour at a Time. Successful recovery from a substance abuse problem or mental illness depends on education and support of loved ones. Thank you for being that support system. Be sure to tune in next week for another hour of education and compassion. One hour at a time. We'll see you next week.